How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live once again in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, October 8th, 2019. And I mean, guys, quite frankly, we're going to talk about NFL today on the podcast. It's me, me and Brett breaking everything down for y'all. But before Brett joins the show, you know, I already know what I got to do. I got to rant about my Atlanta freaking Falcons. And honestly, guys, I'm pretty pissed off right now. I mean, We're the second worst team in the NFL, only the Dolphins are worse than us at allowing points per game. I mean, the Atlanta defense has been awful, and there's no excuse for it. I mean, Dan Quinn is an offensive coach, guys. He's a defensive coach. That means the defense is supposed to be good. The defense has been absolutely awful under Dan Quinn. Realistically, the only time the defense was ever good under Dan Quinn was during his um, playoff run that we had in those playoff games, except for the second half of the Super Bowl. Oh, I barely even want to think about that. It makes me so mad. Our defense was good, except, I mean, I mean, defense was good in the playoffs, except for that point. Other than that, they weren't even good in the regular season. We outscored everybody. Honestly, after watching Kyle Shanahan last night, it was all Kyle Shanahan and never Dan Quinn. I mean, I wish we could have somehow kept Kyle Shanahan and not had Dan Quinn. He's a horrible game manager. I can't tell you the amount of times that he's just been awful at managing the game and saving time. Like, ugh, guys, it's just so frustrating watching everything. I mean, Matt Ryan's out here throwing three, four hundred yards a game, four, three, four touchdowns. I mean, and we have no run game either anymore. I don't think Sarkeesian was ever the problem. I think it was just the fact that our defense sucked and we couldn't do it under Dan Quinn. I mean, I'd say we were decent that year when we lost to Philadelphia in the playoffs on the defensive side of the ball. But other than that, this defense has never been what it's supposed to be under Dan Quinn. And quite frankly, that's been our problem. Look, the Falcons aren't done yet. If we lose this week at Arizona, we have to get rid of Dan Quinn. I'm going to stay positive, guys, and hope somehow we can win this game this week and somehow hope we can turn this thing around. There's still time to turn it around, guys. Arthur Blank said he's not moving on from Dan Quinn. He still thinks he can get it done. Somehow, guys, we got to hope that we can turn it around and get this thing done. Now, I just feel like, guys, that you know, there's just a point in time where the coach's message becomes old and it doesn't really work. I know the locker room likes Dan Quinn, but I just feel like, you know, his time's up. You know, he had his chances, and we, quite frankly, we blew it. We lost it. We missed our chances and our opportunities, and now the window closed with this Atlanta team with Dan Quinn. You know, I feel like we need to move on from certain pieces. We need to bring in new coaching. Now, obviously, we go on a, on a little run here and get back in the playoff mix. Things are different, but I mean, the Texans have the worst offensive line in the NFL, arguably. Deshaun Watson gets sacked so much, and we didn't even get a damn hit on the quarterback. It was awful. It looked like he had all day back there. I mean, there's just no excuses for how bad this, off, this defense has played, man. I mean, we got to be better than what we have done this season is the Falcons defense. It's just frustrating, guys. You know, watching this team, this product every single Sunday, it's getting frustrating. It's getting old. I mean, I don't think that we need to bring in a boy genius coach necessarily. I think that we should look, you know, to get a veteran coach. Would love to see the Steelers fire Mike Tom when we get him. Would love to bring in Joe Brady. I will rant more about Joe Brady on future podcasts, but basically he is the passing coordinator now for LSU. He was it for the Saints. I mean, the spacing and what he's done with the talent LSU brings in needs to be brought up a lot more. I really love what Joe Brady's done. I would love to see him in Atlanta being this offensive coordinator. That's where you need the boy geniuses on the offensive side. You don't want him as the head coach. You want a veteran who knows how to manage the game and coach the game doing that. You want someone who's an offensive coordinator solely focusing on that so they can put all their attention towards it. I think it's personally the best way to do it. Have a head coach, then have a defensive and offensive coordinator. I love the boy genius, though, as the offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. Love to see the Falcons do it. But quite frankly, guys, we're doing what we need to on offense. We need the defense to step up. Falcons defense can step up here in the next couple weeks. We can turn the season around. If it doesn't, guys, DQ's going to be out of here. So Falcons... I need a defense. Let's rise up one last time. Let's get on a winning streak here. We've got back-to-back games at home. I mean, shoot, if we can beat Seattle and the Rams at home back-to-back and beat Arizona, a little three-game win streak, our season is back to life. Let's see what happens here, guys, and hope the Falcons do it. But I'm about to turn things over here to me and Brett as we're about to break everything down for y'all. So, to move forward with our Falcons rant that Thomas has prepared for us which i can't blame them they are pretty horrible to watch i can't say much i'm just gonna say that to move forward with that we're gonna talk about something that is fun to watch and that is potential mvps most notably me and thomas's favorite for mvp which i'm surprised we agree on this thomas but 
you can go ahead and tell the people who our MVP pick is a quarter of the way through this season. I think it's a great pick. I think it's 100% the pick that needs to be made. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, Brett, it's the pick that's got to be made. I got C Mac here, Christian McCaffrey. You know, the Panthers—they're three and two right now. Um, obviously, they don't have Cam Newton, and this guy's done nothing but ball out since Cam went out after that Tampa Bay game. He's ran for 153 yards, had a touchdown at 35 yards receiving, then 93 yards, 86 yards receiving, and one touchdown in that game. Then. Last weekend, he had 176 yards and two two touchdowns running, one receiving and 61 yards. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's absolutely tearing the NFL up right now. He leads the league in rushing yards. He um, also has 279 pass yards. He nearly he's got over um, 800 all-purpose yards. You know, this is a guy who realistically could go for over 2,000 yards receiving and rushing combined and could go for over 25 touchdowns, you know? I mean... You didn't even... C-Mac you really is, didn't even have to... You didn't even have to go on the rant of all these statistics. All you had to say is that he has 866 yards from scrimmage as a starting running back. Crazy. I mean, it, it does even make sense. He has seven total touchdowns. Is that right? Seven total? Uh, Yeah, he has seven total touchdowns. He has almost 300 yards receiving which is among the lead league in that category. I mean, not necessarily at the top, but it's in the middle of the pack. And he also has, you know, almost already is at the 600 mark for rushing yards. And I mean, seriously, we're five games in. And we're, we have to start thinking that this is possibly a once-in-a-generation type player. And we have two to three of these type players and one's just hurt. I mean, seriously, Saquon Barkley is a similar type talent, uh, playing along the lines of a you know I wouldn't even call the Panthers a great team, and the Giants are sure as hell not a great team. So it's impressive to see these guys just absolutely tear up the league, especially Christian McCaffrey over the last you know year and a half now. But dude, he is unbelievable, a fantasy god. Yeah. And- and, you know, he actually has more touchdowns right now than Aaron Rodgers does, a quarterback. Believe that or not, Aaron Rodgers only has six touchdowns. He has seven, so he's got more than him. Um, you know, he's, like you said, I mean, he's been tearing the league up. I mean, he catches the ball a ton. He does everything. And the thing about him, unlike all these other guys, you see all these other guys, you know, who are only out there for 60, maybe. I mean, if you're out there for over 70% of your team's offensive snaps, that's a lot in the NFL now. He's out there for over 90% of his team's offensive snaps, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, this guy's a workhorse. He's the reason why the Panthers are winning games. If the Panthers win the playoffs or make it to the playoffs, he gets my vote absolutely for NFL MVP this season. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's a little tough to get it to him. But, I mean, hey, while the team's winning games and the guy's balling out like this, you absolutely have to get it to him. I mean, he's a true workhorse. Like you said, we don't see a lot of these backs like this anymore in the game. I don't know how you're not going to give it to him in all reality. I mean, it's it, as of right now, if the season ends today and you don't give it to Christian McCaffrey, you have done him an injustice. I mean, he's playing with a rookie quarterback for most of the season. He's made him look like an MVP caliber player, honestly. I mean, in terms of just straight up winning and getting it done, he's made Kyle Allen look so much better than he is. And I think that, you know, when you're going for nearly 605 games, you're on pace for well over the record. I mean, come on. You got to give it to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think he's he's my favorite right now. Obviously, I haven't seen any of these quarterbacks do anything that's, you know, crazy worth it. I mean, I guess Mahomes, I mean, shoot, he's, he's almost at 2,000 yards. But as of right now, if the season ends today, that's the way I got to go with my MVP. Vote. Last but, MVP as a running back was... Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. And if he goes over 2,000 yards, especially on the ground, then he's got to get it 100%. If he does 2,000 yards rushing, he's probably going to get around, I'm guessing, 2,500 yards total. What's he on pace for right now? On pace? Let's see here. He's on pace for uh, about 2,500. I don't think that the pace is honestly, I don't think it's out of the ordinary because he had that horrible game against the Buccaneers. 
Yeah. I think that that is actually a reasonable pace to consider that he's going to stick on. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you there. It's going to be, I'm definitely excited, you know, to see the way that everything plays out here for him and for the Panthers so far with uh, Kyle Allen. You know, they just ruled out Cam Newton. So it's definitely something to keep your eye on. But that's right now who I have as my favorite for MVP. Um, let's move here now to a huge, you know, honestly, this game caught a lot of people off guard. I had the Colts plus 11, but I was not expecting the outright win right that like that. So the Kansas, is the Kansas City offense just beat up? Or is will the defense end up being the downfall of these Chiefs? What do you think, Brett? Well, first of all, I don't think that the Chiefs' defense played necessarily horrible. Kind of reminded me this particular weekend against the Colts. Kind of reminded me of one of those like the years in which the Patriots' defense wasn't great, but they were doing the bend don't break type defenses where they were giving up points. They were giving or they were giving up yards. They were giving up points even but they were at least getting stops when it counted. I think that their defense kept them in this game for long enough to where that this explosive offense led by your MVP freak boy, Patrick Mahomes, should have been able to win this game. I mean, in reality, you only... Well, they scored 20 points. That is an easily attainable number against the Colts. Uh, I think that that was partially on the Chiefs. It was kind of a... uh, Dynamite. It was a blow-up game for the Chiefs. They had some offensive linemen go down. Patrick Mahomes wasn't looking necessarily healthy. He was kind of getting beat up. I'm not going to blow it out of the water. I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. Uh, Tyre Matthew made some good plays defensively. They're still waiting for their pass rush to get completely healthy. I'm not going to blow it up. But I will say it's not their strong suit. I'm going to, I am going to blow it out of the water here. Um, Look, I think the Kansas City offense is beat up, and that's why they weren't able to put up the points here in this game to win the game. But, I mean, we saw the number one thing that's wrong with this team, and that is they can't stop the run. You know, they were not able to stop the run in this game as that Marlon Mack ran the ball over him, and you can keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines where he can't really affect the game if you're able to run the ball in the Chiefs. And I think that's what we saw here, and that's the way you can win a game against Kansas City, which is exactly what the Colts did. I thought Frank Wright had a great game plan. He stuck to it, and he got it done, you know. And, I mean, this is a team that had guys like Darius Leonard and um, Malik Hooker out on the defensive side of the football. But, I mean, 180 yards on the ground, that's what you got to do there. You got to dominate time of possession and keep Mahomes off the field. I think that New England, look, New England's strength is running the ball. I don't see how Kansas City can get past New England if they can't tighten up here and start the run, I mean, stop the run. I mean, Kansas City's defense is not that great. I mean, they, they, they've shown some flashes this season, but, I mean, I'm not buying in on this Chiefs defense, and I think that's what's going to hold them back. I mean, at the end of the day, defense wins championships. And I will say, though, to, di- to disagree with you, among the teams that have not had a bye week, they're actually among the leaders in rushing yards given up. I think it's more so their ability to, one, stop the pass. Their teams are averaging, you know, 356 yards against them. Granted, teams are playing down against the Chiefs a lot of times. So I think that's a blowed up number. I think that it's not necessarily true to what they're actually giving up because Let's face it, if Patrick Mahomes races out and gives you a 20-point lead, you're going to give up some passing yards. That's inevitable. As far as rushing yards go, that also can be you know, accredited to having Patrick Mahomes bring you to a 15, 20-point lead. Yes, but I think that the Chiefs' defense is not as bad as we think it is. And that's, all, that's how I'm going to leave it because now we're going to go into this Cowboys talk. My Cowboys wait, 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 wait. I want to say been... one last oh, Okay. Wait, I want to say one last thing about Kansas City. Also, I think a huge problem for Kansas City is their run game. They had 14 carries for 36 yards last week. Kansas City and Andy Reid, they've always been a run. They always have run the ball a lot, you know, and I feel like when you have Patrick Mahomes, you almost just want to turn him loose and let him throw the ball over the field, you know, and put up the big flashy numbers and do the uh, 
crazy Patrick Mahomes plays, you know. I mean, he still threw the ball for 321 yards in this game, which is still damn impressive. You know, Pat Mahomes can throw the football around. I think they need to go back to running the ball more. Teams are trying to double-team Kelsey in the middle of the field, you know, and take him away. I think they need to get that run game going. And, I mean, if you have a run game going when you have Pat Mahomes back there throwing the football, it is absolutely over. You have no chance at stopping this team. I think they need to get back to running the ball more. 14 attempts to 45 attempts is not enough. If I'm Kansas City, I want to run the ball at least 25 times a game. I think a balanced attack is the way to work. I feel like you have to keep teams because, you know, also when you're throwing the ball a lot, that means the clock stops a lot, which means your defense is on the field more often, which means they're not getting time to rest, which I think also affects them not playing as well. And typically when you're a tired defense, teams run the ball over you. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. I'm Ultimately, I think Kansas City needs to get this run game back on track as it has not been great all season. I agree with you there. I think Damian Williams coming back helps a little bit. I think that they just need more so to commit to it. I think it's there. Mm. They just haven't really committed to it. And whether or not they do that, because I do understand, you want to, you really do. I can see why you would want to rely on, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's Patrick Mahomes, yeah. so it makes sense. But at the same time, you have a very talented core running backs that you need to uh, definitely lean on to a little bit more. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move now to your uh, to your boys. Man. <sighs> I don't even necessarily want to talk about the Cowboys, but I'm going to have to. It's yes. inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. I know. Um, yeah, so the Cowboys raced out to a 3-0 start. Awesome. We played some bad teams. Yes, we looked really good against these bad teams. And then we fell out flat against the Saints. I don't, I wasn't going to, you know, worry about that Saints game too much. Uh, Every time we go into the Dome, it seems like it's a close game. It always seems like it's a low scoring game, whether Drew Brees is there or not. It always seems like it's under 20 or around 20. And I'm not going to blow that game out of proportion. I think that the Saints defense is a really good defense. I think that. The Saints' offense is good with or without Drew Brees. Better with Drew Brees, obviously. But I'm not going to blow that particular game out of the water. What I am going to turn to and say that was extremely disappointing to watch was the fact that we let the Packers race out to a 17-0 lead at halftime. We couldn't put up a single point. It took us a game and a half, pretty much, to score more than seven points and I was actually astonished. I'm glad that we might got Michael Gallup back. He started to find himself in the second half of the last game. Once again, as much as I would like to, as much as I'd like to go into full panic mode, I'm not going to do it. I think the Cowboys are just fine. The second half was a very good second half. Dak Prescott did not play great. But he ended up playing pretty decent for that game, even though he threw the three interceptions, which were big. I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. Fault, though. Though. I'm not going. Not all of them were his fault. One was a tip pass. One was pretty yeah. much pointless anyway. And the third one was kind of on Michael Gallup. Kind of a miscommunication all around. But the one, the thing that I don't like about the third one is the fact that he had all the time in the world. In the backfield, man. He literally had all the time in the world and he threw a pass that he didn't need to throw. And it was in a situation in which there was nine minutes left in the game. We were down 14. And if we score on that drive, it's a whole new ball game. We get one more stop with a defense that is rolling. Our defense was playing great. And we're back in the game. And, ah, man. It was a lot of things. Brett Maher played like shit. Missed two field goals. If he hits one of those field goals, specifically the one at halftime, instead of kicking the second one, we could have just continued to march down the field and try to score for a touchdown to tie the game. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm actually really happy with the second half comeback. And that's how I'm going to leave that. And Dak is not a pretender. I think Dak is legit. He's just going to go through growing pains like any young quarterback is and we're spoiled by young quarterbacks nowadays because we have your Patrick Mahomes types quarterbacks 
I mean, it's just how it is. Not many young quarterbacks so, have come in this league and had the success like Patrick Mahomes, period. Yeah, so, um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the exception. I mean, I personally think Patrick Mahomes is the best player I've ever seen pick up a football. But we'll see how that plays out for the rest of his career. Um, you know, this is honest, honestly what I have to say about Dallas. I think they got away from what they do best. I mean, they ran the ball 20 times against uh, New Orleans, and I believe it was 22 against Green Bay. I think they need to run the football more. I mean, you have Zeke Elliott. You paid him all that money. Let's pound the ball with him. I mean, this is a run-first offense. Look, I don't think Dak Prescott's been terrible these games. I mean, quarterbacks have stretches throughout the season where they play good and they play bad. I'm not going to put all the blame on Dak. I mean, Tyron Smith was out last game. We've seen how Dallas plays. I think it's more so that and just the fact that, you know, that Mari Cooper's got to catch the damn ball. And once you – honestly, I will say this. I don't – I mean, Dallas played well in the second half. But I don't think any of that matters. I mean, the Packers were playing soft zone and basically were just trying not to get beat deep since they were up so big. They got Look, beat I think deep Dallas twice, is a though. Good team. I think that I think Green Bay is more so a legit team that nobody wants to see this season rather than it being Dallas being that bad. I think Green Bay is just legit. But I also do think that, you know, I mean, I don't think losing at New Orleans either is a bad loss. I mean, New Orleans is a really good team. But, you know, I just think that. I think I really just think you know Dallas. They need to get back to doing what they do best, man. They got to run the football. I think that they're still a good team. I don't think that they're. We'll talk about it in our next segment. I mean, I think that they're more of a wild card team. I don't think that they're better than the top. My top three teams, maybe top four teams in the East and in the NFC. But I mean, I still think Dallas is a good football team. They're a good defensive team. They have a really good offensive line. I mean, I just think Dak is more of a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I don't think he's the superstar we all thought he was. I don't think he's a pretender, though, but I think I think he's a good quarterback. I just Here's what I'll say about the Dallas Cowboys. With the NFC, they're definitely going to be a contender, and this is why. I think we easily walk out of New Orleans with a victory if we have Michael Gallup, which is a big if because we didn't have him. Yes, but... They had their cornerbacks playing really well. And Devin Smith or Randall Cobb are our only two options outside of Amari Cooper. And that just is not going to cut it against a good defensive team, I promise you. And with Michael Gallup in there, we're able to kind of move the ball down the field a little bit more successful, which would open up our run game a lot more. And that's what started to happen for us once Michael Gallup was able to kind of get his... I guess get his get back into the swing of things. So I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. I still think that we're better than the Eagles. The Eagles secondary is still super depleted. I'm not worried about our division per se as much as I am once we get to the playoffs. I think that that is going to be mm-hmm. where the uh, true, I guess, test lies in terms of can we beat this these teams like Drew Brees with the Saints? Can we beat these teams like Green Bay the Green Bay Packers, which we've lost to continuously in the playoffs? I'm not. I think that we win our division, and we will see how our team looks at that point. I'm going to go on record and say that though. You see, I don't. I don't think y'all can beat the Eagles. I mean, we saw Philadelphia go into Green Bay and beat them. I mean, Green Bay is something serious, man. I mean, I mean, we also it, we also saw well right now. We also saw the Browns go in and beat Bal- the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Some things are just things yeah, that but happen. The Ravens are a pretender. I mean, the Ravens are a pretender in my opinion. I mean, I think that offense is all smoke and mirrors. I mean, once you kind of get all the tricks and the kinks out of it and everyone's actually had a chance to see it, they can easily be stopped. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh with a third-string quarterback almost damn beat them. I mean, we saw them with a second-string quarterback. They would have beat them if Rudolph didn't go down. I mean, that defense is not good at all for the Ravens. And that Lamar Jackson offense they run, like I said, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's anything that special. I, I, will, I will be – just because of the injuries in that division and how easy the division is, the Ravens will probably still get into the playoffs, but I don't consider the Ravens any kind of serious pretender. I don't even have them in my top 10 best teams in the league. I do think that I am still correct on the Ravens winning that division, and I don't think that division is very good at all, but I, I don't. it doesn't deter from the fact that this season has been, there's been a lot of weird things happen in terms of just random victories and out of nowhere pretty much. And I think that 
I'm not going to blow two victories or two losses out of proportion when we're playing very good teams. I think that. Yeah, but you you know that's also the NFL. You know, it's a week to week league. I mean, realist. I think the Dolphins and the Redskins are the first time in a while outside of like those Brown teams that couldn't beat Helen Keller. You know, like I don't think that there's really been a been you know like in the NFL it's not like college where the diff, where the gap between the be, the best team and the worst team is that great you know like i'd say teams 30 through what teams 1 through 30 you know can beat each other on any given sunday i mean i think it'd be pretty hard though for the dolphins or the redskins to beat anybody i mean fortunately they play each honestly you know what would be hilarious is if they tied each other this week <laughs> that would be crazy how honestly funny, how funny would that be if they tied do you want to hear a hot take though about the cowboys Let's hear it. I think the 34 points that they gave up to the Packers is going to be the most points that they give up all season. I agree with that. I think it's going to be... I would be surprised if another team got past 31. So I think that this defense is a legitimate contender. With the Philadelphia Eagles, I think that our defense is... It's a different matchup. Uh, Obviously... The Packers, for whatever reason, have our number. Uh, no matter what year it is, no matter what our defense is doing, no matter what our offense is doing, the Packers have our number. They're going to score 34 on us every single time we play them. I'm not worried about it. I really am not. Hey, I'm glad you exude the confidence. You know, you have an easy schedule. You get to play the Giants and you get to play the Redskins twice a year, which is also nice, you know, to add to that. I still think Dallas will make the playoffs. I mean, Adam is a borderline team. I think after what I've seen this season, I still like them making the playoffs. I mean, I just think let's we go ahead and start it with our next segment here. I mean, who's the top team in the NFC? I mean, right now to me, but my top three teams in the NFC, I've got – so at number one, undoubtedly I have to go with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they should be undefeated if they didn't have that Philadelphia team, you know, march in there who was absolutely playing for their life. I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to get better. He's going to get more comfortable in this Matt LaFleur offense. I mean, Aaron Jones, is they've just been pounding the rock with teams with him and against teams. You know, he's – that's what they are. They're a run-first team. And the defensive unit, I mean, we haven't seen the Packers have a defense like this. I mean, it's this is this defense is something special, man. You don't want to get in front of this defense. But on top of those two things, I also think that – um you know, you can't rule out the Eagles. Carson Wentz, I mean, they're one of the best coached teams in the NFC. Doug Peterson, he's been there before. He's won a World Series. I mean, almost, I'm thinking baseball. He's won a Super Bowl, you know. Next segment. He beat Bill Belichick. It's t- yeah, next segment. It's tough to do that. So, you know, I have them as the top two dogs. And after that, I'm still trying to figure out between the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, Saints. You know, I, w- I want to. I'm still trying to figure out between those teams. But I think the Packers and the Eagles are the two best teams in the NFC. I'm going to disagree with you pretty strongly. I think the Eagles are kind of butt, to be honest. I do not think their oh. defense is good at all, they're quite frankly. They're, no, I, they're not good, period. They're not good. They're. I'm not even going to get into this conversation. They Every year, people are like, oh, the Eagles defense is so good. And then it sucks. And I'm going to leave it at that. And it's. I mean, they can get to the quarterback when they rush four. That's the biggest advantage you can get in all of football. So can the, the, so can the Cowboys, the so can the Buccaneers, so can the Seahawks. I mean, why it doesn't. They, why didn't the Cowboys do it the last two weeks? Or I guess so last can the week. 49ers. I mean, there's a bunch of. Te- My point is, there's a bunch of teams that can do it. Period. And uh, like I said, the Packers have yeah, the Cowboys number. I don't the know how. Advantage be a huge advantage. I mean, the the, Cow- the Eagles have a defense that matches up with the best of them. I mean, they have the coaching advantage. Carson Wentz gives them an edge at quarterback. I mean, they have all these big receivers. Everybody's just been beat up, and they've still found ways to win with everybody beat up. When this team gets healthy, nobody wants to see them down the road. And even if they don't get healthy, I mean, it doesn't matter. The Eagles can win with the injuries. We've seen it. Doug Peterson has a formula. He has a way. He, went, he can go out there and win, man. Well, I'm just going to disagree with you and I'll leave it at that because I don't think the Eagles I listen, they're going to they're probably going to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But I do not think that they're one of the top two teams in this conference. I think that first of all, I think that you're not going to like to hear this one. I think that the Saints are one of the top two teams in the NFC right now. The reason being, yes, they lost to the Rams 27 to 9. But 
that was the first game they played without Drew Brees for the most part. It was actually mid-game in which they lost him. Teddy Bridgewater came in, did not play particularly great in that game. The next week, they actually found a way to do things correctly. They beat the Seahawks in Seattle. Big win, huge win. Actually, a lot of people were not expecting that at all. Their defense has been playing phenomenal. They held the Cowboys to just 10 points and beat them at home. Not not. I'm not saying at Dallas's home, but they beat them in the Dome. And then they beat the Buccaneers, who were coming off a very big win against the Rams, in which they Let scored 55 points. And I think that the Saints, once they are healthy, once they have Drew Brees, are going to be a team that obviously nobody wants to play because you don't want to play Drew Brees, period. They're also playing with a chip on their shoulder from that insane call last year I I think that they're probably my two seed right now and I think that the Packers are the one seed right now I don't think the Packers can continue with this success I think that the Packers are going to kind of fall off a little bit and become in that two to three range just because they play in the hardest division in this league minus maybe the NFC West and not this league, but the conference. And I think that that's going to affect them down the run. Uh, listen, no matter how bad that the Vikings or the Bears have looked this season, at times, they're both still 3-2. and two. They're both very good teams. They're both very good defensively. Some At some point, these divisional rivals are going to play the Green Bay Packers extremely hard. They're going to kind of fall off a little bit. I'm not saying like a huge drop off, but I don't think that they're going to stick in that one to two spot. I'm not sure who is in the long run. Uh, I think maybe you see somebody out of the NFC West pop out. You might see even one of the one of the Cowboys or the Eagles. Honestly, I'd say in a non-biased way, I'd say the Cowboys because their division or their schedule is just a cakewalk from here on out. I'm actually going to disagree with you on the Packers falling off. I think Rodgers, I mean, I mean, dropping back more. I think that Rodgers will only get more comfortable in his offense and get better with him and Lafleur, And I think that will only make this team better. I, th- I seriously think the Packers, I mean, they proved to me, I think, that they're the realest team in the NFL going in Dallas and beating them like that. I mean, that was a game I thought the Cowboys were going to win for sure. Uh, my lost a little coin on Dallas from that one. But I think the Packers have something serious right now with that defense and the way they're running the football. I mean, once Rodgers and the offense gets sped up, I mean, they didn't have Devontae Adams in that game. And they so so you're just mad it. that the Cowboys lost you some betting money? Is this what's going on? No, I'm not just mad the Cowboys lost me some betting money. I'm telling you straight up how it is. You said it's Dallas super passively Dallas aggressive. Could've... You're like, they lost me some coin. I mean, yeah, if teams use you some money, you can't let just because you lost some money on a team biasly change your opinion of them. Look, I'm just telling you how it is, man, with Dallas. I mean, they're only going to go as far as Dak Prescott can get them. I don't think he can get them over the hump. I think that... Crazy that you say that, though, because Dallas... I think New Orleans, Philadelphia, and the Green Bay are on another level from the rest of the NFC, and I'm still trying to figure out where what i what i think about these teams out in the afc west i was i mean out in the nfc west i was very high coming into the season on the 49ers i don't know about a playoff team and i still don't think kyle shanahan you know he can kind of plug whoever he wants to in that offense and make it work with all these running backs receivers he's got and then he's got the mismatch of a lifetime with george kittle and his speed the Rams, i do think that yeah the, the 49ers really scares you know the same yeah, the 49ers are something serious. I think the 49ers and the Seahawks, I have them rated above the Rams right now. Todd Gurley seriously looks injured to me, and without the superstar running game that they've had in the past, I think the Rams are very pedestrian. I still want to see how the 49ers perform this week, a big one, against the Rams on the road. I want to see how they perform against the Panthers. I want to see how they perform against the Packers. They play the Packers, the Saints. Hell, they even play the Falcons, and as much as you know, you're mad at the Falcons. The Falcons are still a talented team, and I'm not. I'm not ready to just jump on the 49ers bandwagon just yet. I think that they have pieces that are really, really good pieces. I think that their defense is getting stronger with each week, but I'm not ready to just 
full-on jump on the bandwagon just yet. I mean, I'm not ready to full-on jump on it either, like you're saying. I mean, the 49ers so far have played what I've expected them to, if anything. I mean, I still don't buy them in the playoffs from what I've seen, and no matter what we see, I won't buy them in the playoffs. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan has a team that's coming up. I think this is kind of, you know, the year where they get to the playoffs, and I think next year is more so the year when that they're more of a big-time contender. I just think it's going to be – I mean, Matt LaFleur, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I think he could be the downfall of the Packers in the playoffs just because he doesn't have that, you know, that playoff coaching edge like you're going to need in the playoffs. That's why, I mean, it, it's going to be tough, you know, to get past – I mean, McVay and the Rams, if they can get to the playoffs and figure out their running game, which I think they will, I think they're going to get Henderson from Memphis more involved in the run game, and I think it's going to end up saving their season at some point. But, I mean, in my opinion, there's a there's an elite level of coaches. Belichick is the is on his own level. Then after that, you got you got Doug Peterson, you got Pete Carroll, and you got um, Sean Payton. I think those three right there or the three coaches to beat. I think all three of those teams are going to be something serious in the playoffs. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers can only get the Packers so far. Fortunately, Brad, I think the Cowboys might are missing out on that, on the coaching thing, if anything. I mean, I really, hey now, they'll, Sean be, Payton, they'll be coming at the clapper, man. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, those, those coach, that coach, right there is something serious. I mean, Pete Carroll, what he does with what he has every single year. I mean, shoot, he trades, he trades his best defensive end or his best pass rusher away. Then he turns around and gets Jadavian Cl- they get Jadavian Clowney back in there for him. And he's still winning football games. It doesn't matter what he has. He's his best wide receiver retired. It doesn't matter. They plug someone new and get it done. Not a great offensive line. Him and Russell Wilson, I mean, they just have that competitive edge, man. I mean, there's still a lot to see on who's going to be successful in the playoffs. But I definitely think those three coaches are going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. And, I mean, I thought the Saints would regress a little bit this year. And I definitely think I'm wrong there. I, I, I agree that you're wrong there, 100%. I think that their defense has gotten much better. Yeah, I mean their defense was good last year. I mean it's. I think it's pretty much. I think it's gotten. The I think it's gotten better because they're. They've been forced to get better just by, you know, the loss of Drew Brees. I think that they've been kind of putting their offense has been kind of put in a more game manager position, and their defense has been forced to step up and make stops because without stops and a game manager offense. You're not going to win very many football games. So I, I think that that defense has done a phenomenal job in Drew Brees' absence. Yeah, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's like, uh, he's kind of like Kyle Lowry, you know. Like, he's not going to go out there and <laughs> score. He's not going to go out there, you know, and drop 40 on your head like da- like a like a Damian Lillard, Pat Mahomes type, you know. He's he's the he's going to play hard defense. He's going to play hard, you know. He's going to he's gonna throw it underneath. He's going to get his 14 assists. He's going to... Hit his, he's going to score his 15 points, you know, it might be seven free throws to get to there, but you know, he's going to get his, he's going to get his points, you know, at the end of the day. And that's exactly what it is. They're going to get, they're a run first team with Kamara. And as long as they can run the ball behind that offensive line, they'll be fine. But I mean, that's pretty much what I got for general NFC, for, you know, for our NFC top dogs so far. Uh, you ready? I mean, the NFC, by the way, is way more stacked than the AFC. The AFC, the Patriots are 100% winning the AFC. I'm 150% convinced of that. I'm not going to change my opinion on that. At any point in time, unless that we see like Brady get hurt and like four other players on that defense get hurt, but ready to talk a little MLB playoffs. AFC's got a dark horse over there, though. Who? Buffalo Bills are for real, dog. They're for real, but they cannot beat the Patriots. It's not happening. Hey, man, you never do know. That defense is for real. All it I'm is saying, for real, but that I'll... defense is nice. No, the Bills might actually be the second best team. I mean, after Kansas City, I think the Bills are probably the third best team in the AFC. So I agree I mean, with you. That's 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 is enough to you about the discrepancy in the two conferences. But yeah, let's move here to the MLB playoffs. I know Brett said he didn't really want to talk about this, but we got two big game five. I'll talk. No, I'll talk about the. I'll talk about be, everything minus the thing that I don't want to talk about because I'm very superstitious. Hey, we're we're opening up with it. I mean, I'm not <sighs> superstitious. I believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and we're going to talk about. The Atlanta Braves versus the Cardinals tomorrow. I mean, Brett, do you do you got anything to say, or are you just going to keep your mouth closed on this, um, on this topic? I will say one thing, and I want everybody to listen in very closely. And this might be the only thing that I have to say about this series. And I'm not sure when it happened, but Yadier Molina has become such a bitch dude i i honestly this is a guy that i loved growing up 
And I hate him, dude. Like, he is such a crybaby. He cries about everything on Twitter, on social media. He doesn't even... He's like the... He's such a moron. And I... I, I'm going to be honest. I, I hate him, dude. Can't stand him. Um, yeah, I actually didn't even see him bat flip. Once I saw the ball get caught and it then be safe at the plate, I, t- I turned my TV off and watched out the door. So I actually didn't I turned my see. TV off before I before the ball even landed into the glove. I turned the I turned it off. I wow. knew what was happening. I I at least wanted to see if we could somehow get him out. I wanted to stay. But you know what, guys? Like I said before the playoffs even started, I don't want to hear any of that Atlanta we're cursed bullshit. I mean, if that's what you got to say, go cheer for the damn, go cheer for the damn Cardinals. Go wear a Cardinals shirt. I don't want you even speaking my team in your mouth. The Braves are going to get it done tomorrow. I believe Fulte's going to come out and pitch a damn good game. I think that we're going to bring in Freed and Soroka out of the bullpen, and I think we're going to shut the Cardinals down. I mean, Jack Flaherty's good, but he's a lot better at home than he is on the road. I mean, I've said it all year long. The Braves' home field advantage is unbelievable. The fans will be out there and rowdy. I mean, we've played so well at the Trust all season long. I just don't see any way we don't get it done tomorrow. I really think the guys are going to come out. I mean, our best player, Ronald Acuna, has been absolutely killing the ball. Obviously, Freddie and some of the other guys haven't played as well. But, I mean, there's injuries in the playoffs. I think it's going to be an unsung hero like Echeverria or Duvall that steps up once again. I mean, what can you say about this team in Duval, man? I mean, we had so many injuries throughout the season, and we were man. You haven't even mentioned the up. you haven't mentioned the man himself, Dansby Swanson. I mean, oh no, trust me, that was literally who I was gonna about to say next. I mean, Dansby too. I mean, this guy worked his ass off to get better every single year he's got in baseball. We've seen him struggle coming up as a number one pick, and we had high expectations for him. And I mean, we saw him probably get the biggest hit of the series. Realistically, this series would be freaking over if it wasn't for uh, wasn't for um, Chris Martin getting hurt. You know, hurt in that. Uh, in game one, when he had the uh, oblique strain or whatever it was, I mean, he should have let us know. Luke Jackson I mean, had to come in there not even ready to pitch, and I mean, then it throws Melanson's schedule off. I really think that screwed us into not already having this series over. But there's no. no I mean, what screwed us in not having this series already over is the fact that yesterday we had Ronald Acuna on third base with zero outs. We couldn't get him in. We had two straight innings with the bases loaded. Couldn't get anybody in. It was a horrible situation situation of misfortune last night. Or, yeah, last night. It seems like ages ago. I'm not going to panic. I still have confidence in the Braves. I'm not going to say what they're going to do tomorrow. I'm not even, even going to make any predictions. Because I'm really superstitious about baseball, man. I'll probably brush my teeth a certain way tomorrow. Like, seriously. I wake up and wear, dude. Uh, I, mean, I swear to God, I'll wear. I know exactly what underwear I'm wearing tomorrow. Hey, I like the superstitions, Brad. I am not superstitious, even though baseball is a superstitious sport. I don't believe in superstitions, so it's the only sport that, that I'm although, superstitious about. Although only I will say my prayers. I will be saying my prayers before I go to bed and multiple times throughout the day tomorrow. I also might need about five, probably two thirty packs to get me through the game tomorrow. I mean. The, swear to God, though, swear to God, I wear the same my, underwear for every Braves playoff game. Can you guess? Yeah, I mean, my. Can you guess what, what fictional character is on these underwear? Superman. Nah, bro. Yoda. Star yeah. Wars. May the Force right, be with right. you, dog. Hey, well, you better use the Force to push a couple extra balls out the park for us tomorrow and keep a couple of theirs in. You know but what? Anyway. You don't like the fact that you use the word couple there because they're underwear. You're talking about balls. <laughs> but anyway, Braves are getting <laughs> not gonna Not going to say anything about that one? <laughs> Just going to dismiss like said, it, bro, you, huh? Yeah, if you're going to be Noted. negative, I don't want to hear it. So I don't even want to hear any of that negative bullshit about Atlanta. None of that in my mentions tomorrow. Um, let's talk about the other game five. We got Washington going up against um, against the Dodgers. In L.A., uh, what do you think about this one, Brett? I'm glad that they have pushed it to Game 5. I really, really hope that the Nationals win. I would rather play the Nationals than the Dodgers just because, listen, I know it's going to get a a shock appeal. 
I'd rather play the Nationals than the Dodgers, even though the Nationals are the hottest team in baseball. I would rather play the Nationals because the Dodgers, here's here's the kicker, one, have our number, two, have home field advantage over us. Like we just uh, said, home field advantage is very important for the Braves. And I think that having that against against the Nationals, against a team that we play so many times a year, everything goes out the window when you play a team this many times in a year. It doesn't matter who the pitchers are. It doesn't matter how good or bad you've played against them throughout the year. You play them X amount of times and you play them you know, for a good portion of your season. Anything can happen. It's ground zero. It's 50-50. It would be awesome, man. I would love to beat the Nationals out of the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I would love to. You know, honestly, I would love to knock either team out. I actually, the, if it, uh, I really want to say here that I think the Nationals are going to win this game tomorrow, but Bueller's just been lights out at home. Although I do trust Strasburg more than I trust Bueller. But the playoffs, the day, Strasburg the is different, really- dude. Yeah, playoff Strasburg is something else. That's what I'm saying. Playoff Strasburg is a whole other animal. I mean, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game tomorrow. I mean, which basically whichever team is able to hit the ball out of the park more tomorrow is going to win. Probably be the Dodgers. Also, technically, this game will be a day game in out in Dodger Stadium. And the Dodgers haven't lost at home all season long in a day game. So... You know, I'm going to go with the Dodgers are going to win this game tomorrow. But, I mean, like you said, man, I mean, I personally would rather play the Nationals in the playoffs than the Dodgers just because the fact, you know, that we're more familiar with the Nationals and the Braves kind of own them this season. We do. I mean, we were destroying them. Yes, they're a very hot team. Yes, they've been playing great in this last month, which is you never – there's the old saying in baseball, like you don't want to see the hot team in the playoffs – like the hot team is always going to be like the superior, most superior team in the playoffs because they're hot. But like I said, dude, when you play a team, you know, 20 plus times in a season, like it, it, it kind of all goes out the window. They're both so familiar with each other. It's just kind of like one of those situations in which anything can happen. And I would be willing to bet that home field advantage plays a, the most important role in that series. And guess who has home field advantage? Bravos. But we can't get ahead of ourselves, dude. We still got we still yeah, got to no, accomplish what we got to accomplish. Oh, trust me, I'm not necessarily saying the Braves have won the series at all. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played, so too much. If you see ask what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, let's also talk here. I mean, Rays Astros looks like we're going to see another game in that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind the Astros will win at home. Um, look, do you think the Yankees are coming out of the AL or do you think it's going to be the winner of this Astros Rays series? I think that it depends on who wins this series for one. Um, we're seeing the Rays up on the, uh, Astros right now. So I think if the Rays somehow manage to complete this, you know, comeback from down 2-0, then I think that the Yankees are going to smack them in the face. And I think that if the Astros win, I think that it changes everything. I think that the Yankees have a massive advantage when they are at home. Seriously. I mean, it's a massive advantage. That crowd has really been into it lately. Um, I don't think that they can beat the Astros in a series in which the Astros have home field advantage, and also, I mean, the Astros are just too talented to be losing in a seven-game series. And yes, the Yankees are very talented. I just think that the Astros have the overall edge, man. Ooh, I actually am going to take the Yankees to win this series. I think the Astros struggling here in this series. Also, that might be a little bit of them looking ahead and being uninterested, but... Mm -hmm. I think the Yankees can take them. Obviously, I still want to see a couple more factors, like how many pictures have to be used and stuff here by Houston. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything the Yankees can't do. I mean, this team's been pretty unbelievable this year. They've killed the ball. Um, I mean, the kind of funk the Astros are in right now, 
I don't know if they're going to get past Tampa Bay. I really don't. I mean, you got to think you got Garrett Cole at, on the mound at home in game five. I mean, you got to think the Astros are going to win, but I don't think it's necessarily a slam dunk, you know, right now. Um, I think the Astros definitely have the better pitching, but at the same time, Grinky is absolutely awful in Yankee Stadium. This is why the Yankees didn't trade for him at the All-Star break is because they knew how bad he is in Yankee Stadium. So, you know, you can't be having a pitcher – who can't pitch in your home park, you know, so Grinky's not going to be able to throw on the road at all. I mean, Verlander, I think he'll get it, get it together, but at the same time, the Yankees have seen Verlander a lot. He's been his whole career over in the AL, you know, so, I mean, and plus, I mean, in that ballpark, the Yankees have such an advantage because of the way the hitters can hit the ball out to that short porch and right. I, I mean, like you said, they obviously don't have the home field, but I think it's going to come down to seven. Don't years. get me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a game, or I don't think it's a series in which you don't see six or seven games. That's a fact. I don't think the Rays have a chance to beat both the Astros and the Yankees. That is just, that would be unheard of. So I oh, think no, that... The, the Rays will not beat the Yankees. The Yankees made them call them daddy in the regular season. Honestly, it, it's just not you, possible. Put a gu- you, you put a gun to my head, I would probably pick the Astros to win the series. But like, I would honestly not feel good about that so that's that's what i'm saying i really don't know who i think is to win this series so far if anything i kind of lean with the yankees a little bit i don't know it, it's too hard for me I, to i'm i'm choosing the astros you can choose the yankees we can make a little side wager right. on it if it happens fine let's do it deal yeah if it happens if it happens deal why not um it's pretty much all i got though for today's show you got anything else brett i am good today i i, I would like to say that I have been gone for a while. I think that I'm going to change things up a little bit. Uh, I have some big things planned for the upcoming months. I've been working like a motherfucker for quite some time now. So uh, I've been just trying to grind to uh, make some stack my chips a little bit so I can bring some awesome things on the role player. So Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Twitter is still popping, so follow us on Twitter at trp underscore sports. Other than that, stay tuned for more and better episodes of the Role Player. Yep, and all I gotta say to you guys, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, we'll probably do another episode once again later on in the week. Got to do my weekend matchup pod. I'm sorry I couldn't get it out last week. I actually went to the UCF Cincinnati game, so. That kind of changed up my Friday plans for me being able to do the podcast. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. And me and Brad are going to start cranking them out just like we used to. Hopefully. All right. Peace. Peace.